Welcome to episode two of the Backstream Podcast. This episode is titled Brotherhood of the Traveling Morph Suit. In today's episode, we discuss Skyline Chili, the most unreliable paranormal investigator in history, and a spoiler free discussion of the show Fargo. Thank you for listening to our second episode of what we're going to call the Backstream Podcast. Abby and I came up with a name. We actually, right before Thanksgiving, we did a short podcast kind of like in the midst of getting ready to go to my brother's house for Thanksgiving and really just kind of a hectic time. And uh, actually, we had like more technical difficulties on the second one than we did on the first podcast. And so this time we're trying to do it a little bit more simple. And it's only just after Thanksgiving, so things are still kind of hectic. We're in the whirlwind of the holiday season, whenever you're listening to this. Um, So Abby and I are kind of doing a stripped-down version of it. We had the first time, which I'm actually surprised that it worked out so well, because we were doing like a visual aspect and the audio aspect, and we were live streaming it on Twitch, and that actually worked out better than it had any right to for the first time that we tried it. (laughs) Yeah, it worked out definitely pretty well with, like, the slideshow and everything, but it is nice also just to talk and not have to worry about the the slideshow and all of that also, so. Right, or the live video. And the audio. and We could totally pick our noses here. (laughs) And the other good thing about this setup is that we're both in the same room as each other, which is ideal. Before we were doing a weird thing <laughs> where she was in the living room and we were Skyping with each other and yeah, this it's feels just more, more comfortable to be in the same room. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It feels more comfortable. It feels more organic and kind of go with the flow. So this is what we'll try today. Yeah. Eventually, we're going to get different microphones. So the way that we're actually recording this now is just off of one iPhone. And I've done it that way in the past with even older phones. So I'm sure the audio quality is going to be decent. But we'll definitely try to get it so that uh, we've got directional microphones. If the heat kicks on in here, you won't hear it. Knock on wood, which you can hear because of the (laughs) iPhone. But hopefully the... Heater isn't going to be too loud or the refrigerator or whatever, but Mm -hmm. I mean, right now everybody's recording podcasts during the pandemic and mostly like over Skype. I feel like that's leveled the playing field so much. Yeah. You've got everybody like on an iPhone or talking into their headphones and the audio quality is not perfect. It's the content that has to be good. (laughs) That's the the focus. Right. But as long as you can hear it, I mean, that's also important too. And as far as the format of the show today goes, we are going to... I've just kind of written down a few things on my notepad that I want to talk about, some general topics. So I said after the first podcast, which you can find in the same feed, uh, that we will probably like try out different formats and then just kind of settle on whatever seems natural. And the reason for that is that among all of my different hobbies and stuff, I love listening to talk radio and podcasts. So I listen to some that are about video games. I listen to some that are like just game shows. I listen to some that are food, food related. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A lot of like a lot of unsolved mysteries and stuff like that too. Right. So we could kind of hit on anything like that. And actually you know, one of my favorite podcasts that I don't listen to anymore was the Adam Carolla show. And that, the format of that, it was a da- it's a daily show, and they have different segments that they do throughout the week, and I kind of just like the rhythm of it. And I like that it's got, it's got a wide variety. Yeah, know? I like, yeah, we did stop listening to that one, but, um... I like the format of that, too. They had some, like, the Rotten Tomatoes game and, like, the the news stories and the pop culture stuff. And 
just kind of their opinions about all of that and where they stand on certain issues and it's it was easy listening definitely i, I like that was a good was a good format right yeah not super structured but no. a little bit closer to like uh yeah. but they had their set you know right segments they, and whatever they all came from actual radio so they yeah. had you know trained and like having a, a formatted show where like you know you yeah. we don't have to hit our out so that somebody can establish like what radio station you're listening to and what time it is and what the traffic and weather is right. like <laughs> we don't have to give updates but maybe that would be fun to do <laughs> they were also lucky enough to have I forget what guy it was, but someone they're doing like the drops and all of that, like the, the timing of stuff was like, yeah. you know, like he would know, he would kind of anticipate what they were going to say and have the drop like ready of whatever relevant sound clip they had on hand. So yeah. we're not that high tech yet, but I think that it would be so fun to have so many different jobs like in radio. And that is, that's probably the number one thing that I would love to do to be the dude that plays the drops. Yeah. You would be so good at that, too. <laughs> I think that, that in, in actual radio, I think that that person also is, like, making... That's the producer of the show. Yeah. And being like, okay, now you have to go to a commercial. Yeah. And stuff like that wouldn't be fun, but being able to play, like, little funny sound bites right. and stuff and, and, like, come up with those, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Which maybe even in this podcast... When people are actually listening to it, maybe I will have added in some post-production, some sound. sound. Clips. <laughs> I think it's called, like, imaging, like sound oh. imaging. Yeah, that would be, I feel like you'd be good at that, because we do that a lot in our regular conversations anyway, just, like, referencing certain, like, quotes or just, like, inside joke type of stuff, but that would be mm -hmm. fun to, like, incorporate that into this also with our... Right, yeah, eventually we'll be doing it that way. Yeah. Eventually we'll have the the microphone set up so that we can have this all running through. But it's that stuff is definitely a headache, and it takes a little mm -hmm. while to figure out. And we've got a lot of other hobbies. Mm -hmm. But this is something I want to be able to do at least like once a week. So I'm gonna have to figure out how to how to get it set up so that we can actually be in the in control of it. If you hear any other creaking around, that's the wooden chair that <laughs> Abby's sitting in. It's my old antique wooden chair that I'm, as I shift my body weight, it's very loud. <laughs> we might, uh, yeah, we might need some new office chairs yeah. in here. Yeah. Let me actually, let's talk a little bit more about who Abby and I are. We're trying to do a show for you that sometimes it might be just us talking about a topic and in that those episodes will kind of play the role of researchers and mm -hmm. We might add opinion in here and there. I'm sure that we will, actually. But uh, it won't be as necessary for you to kind of know who you're listening to as an episode like this, where we're really just kind of going to be throwing a bunch of shit at you, like, hey, this is what we think's interesting, and hopefully you do too. Mm -hmm. So I am 30 years old, and I'm an artist. Uh, we both live in a small town in upstate New York in the Finger Lakes region, which is a really beautiful region. And the town that we live in is actually very artsy. So uh, me being an artist growing up here, that probably did have a lot to do with why I wanted to become an artist. Mm -hmm. You know, probably the internet and comic books and stuff like that is what made me want to do it. And then living in a town where there is, you know, uh, some viability to doing that. It probably has, mm -hmm. you know. Well, yeah, you've definitely, over, you know, the last 10 years, definitely added a lot to the art scene in this area with different murals and um, just your artwork in general. You've become, I'd say, pretty well known in this area for for what you do and, you know, your kind of trademark style and kind of a graffiti type of style, so... Thank you, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the... I, I definitely wouldn't say that my style is exactly like what fits in with around here. It's the Finger Lake, so it's a very beautiful scenery, and so mm -hmm. there's a lot of like scenic landscape painters and stuff. Yeah. I don't know so much about like the younger generation, the artists that are coming up, but, you know, it's kind of an issue here and in a lot of towns where... You know, if you are a younger artist and you don't want to be a landscape painter, mm -hmm. then you might not stick around here. I think that there is a lot of things going on to try to keep younger artists in this area, but I think that wherever you are and listening to this, you could 
probably relate to a similar thing. It seems to go on all over the place. Like, if you're not living in a super progressive place, you're living in a place where if you're a young artist, you're trying to make it a little bit more progressive so that you don't have to just sadly be like, okay, well, yeah, I'll, I'm skipping town and maybe I'll come back when right. I'm retiring or something. <laughs> we live in an area where there are younger artists coming up and everything, and uh, but we also have older generations where, for example, if you were to paint a mural, some people consider that organized graffiti and that kind of thing where it's honestly it, it's that's not what it is at all it's it's an art piece you know for the public to see and for the community to appreciate but there are definitely still some older generations that don't quite <laughs> that aren't quite with the times yet but you've been lucky enough to have some good opportunities around here and everything and hopefully continue to and, and mm -hmm. grow your yourself and your you know kind of your portfolio I guess of work right um yeah luckily we do I mean for the for the most part at least the general idea that you can't let all of your young artists leave is yeah it's at least in the minds of the older generation that are in control of things so I've gotten yeah. to do a lot of stuff yeah you'll probably find that I am um, I've gotten to do a lot of things, and yet still I bitch and complain constantly about <laughs> <laughs> all the things that I haven't gotten to do but um you will there's there's good things coming good opportunities coming and it seems we were just talking about today like it just seems like some of the other local communities around here are starting to you know starting to really appreciate the art scene and help to grow that so you know hopefully there's there's more good things to come mm -hmm. well and abby here my girlfriend um she is also an artist of many different of sorts art forms <laughs> Um, I, so my, my regular day job, I work at a library in the children's department, which is, it's got, it's a, it's got a lot of challenges for me. It's not something I was totally, uh, it, it was not really my like set career path, but it happened and I've learned a lot from doing it and I've gotten a lot more comfortable talking to kids for one, but also just groups of people and kind of just letting myself go and be crazy and like not caring as much as I used to about, you know, how people are judging me. But... I think that it comes very naturally for Abby. <laughs> she's, she's from a family of like teachers. Yeah. Her brother's a teacher. Her mom was a teacher. Yeah. And I was, I was always like, I could never do that. And look where I am. So I do do the story times for kids there. I do. And then just regular library stuff like, oh, where can I find this book? And blah, blah. I like asking about any kid's book. I think that one of I the big find it for you. <laughs> one of the big hangups I think is that Abby is she curses too much. Yes, I and her and her mind to be I do. in charge of the children's department. There's been times at work I've had to <laughs> I'm catch sure myself good like at swearing at work. I've done it a few times like you know I'll drop a book or something or like I can't find a book and I'll be like shit and then and I'll be like, <clears throat> like and I'm like I hope nobody heard that. Um but you'd be surprised in the library world we a lot of the people I work with are very similar. We can put on, you know, a child-friendly, happy persona, and then, you know, five seconds later, you stub your toe, and you're like, God damn it! <laughs> like, it's just the way it is. So that's my kind of regular, you know, full-time job during the day. But um, in my free time, I definitely like to focus my time on baking, and it's been growing a bit the last, I'd say the last year especially, I've been taking on more orders and kind of experimenting with different recipes and, um, you know to the point where now I'm going to be doing some weddings, I'm going to, be, I do like holiday orders, that kind of thing. So um, I've been trying to grow that. I've worked at bakeries in the past and I've learned a lot from that and I've kind of kept that that passion for that stuff. Um, so I that's something I really like to consider as kind of a side job, I guess. And it's something I really enjoy doing um, in my time. And I think Brad enjoys you know, the, his role in that, which is eating everything I make and being my professional taste tester most of the time. That's awesome. <laughs> I love yeah. it. Yeah. It's fun. It's, it's a nice challenge. You know, somebody wants a certain cake or this and that. It's a good way to kind of push myself and, um, and just keep learning as I go. I still have a lot to learn in the baking world, but, um, but I've come a long way in the last few years. So I, I'm happy I get to keep doing that kind of on the side at my own pace um, and yeah, and then I also love just, you know, making homemade stuff to begin with. It's, it's everything I make is from scratch and, um, it's, 
It's kind of like having the Great British Bake Off going on in your kitchen on an almost daily basis yeah. with less mincemeat. <laughs> less dates and, like, prunes. And, and no Paul Hollywood. So in some ways, it's better. In some ways. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it gets equally as stressful. And I don't refer to everything as pudding and crisps, but... <laughs> well. Well, yeah. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's pretty much, I mean, our house a lot of the time is Brad working on his art projects, and not, I don't mean to say like <laughs> arts and crafts, no, like Brad working on his projects and jobs, and I'll be doing a lot of baking and projects like that in the kitchen, and then add in a couple of crazy cats and our crazy dog, and we're we're pretty busy a lot of the time here, so, but now we're trying out this podcast and hoping that goes well too. Mm-hmm. Less time listening to podcasts yeah. and actually working on one. More doing. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that, we're going into, like, you know, even more holiday season, even more baking and stuff like that. So I think that we'll do, probably do that as a subject in mm-hmm. the podcast coming up. Like, what are some of the different, like, goodies that Abby's baking? Yeah. We've got a YouTube channel right now that I think that we might end up making, like, a separate YouTube channel for just Abby's baking. We should, yeah. Because right now it's kind of mixed in with my different, like, mural painting videos or um, yeah. me investigating the Mount Chiliad mystery <laughs> in Grand Theft Auto. It's a whole... <laughs> The, the variety. The There's range. a lot of random stuff peppered into that YouTube channel, I think. But yeah, we we could focus just on the baking and cook and cooking too. We do a lot of cooking yeah. in our spare time. Also, we don't do a lot of traditional like American like meatloaf and like basic meals. We really like to. If we do, we keep it a secret. Yeah, nobody. We knows don't put that on the gram. When we eat, what is like. St- Hot dogs and... <laughs> hot, do- hot dog stroganoff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Just kidding. You made that up. That what, could be good. What? That Skyline Chili? <laughs> if we did Skyline Chili, I would have is to take some pictures of hot that. Do- what is that again? Hot dogs on spaghetti? It's chili. Oh, it's, it's, like, it's chili on spaghetti. That's it's right. It's an especially sweet and cinnamony chili on, on spaghetti. spaghetti. I've never actually had it. Hard pass for me. Um, I A sweet chili to me doesn't sound... That good. I know no. a lot of chilies are in this video. I prefer more of a spicy, like, savory. I need to be but... balanced. I think that I, I do know, well, want a good amount of sweetness in my chili, but I want it to be, you know, if the more sweet it is, I think the more spicy it could also be. It's true. Well, you were saying recently you wanted to try chili with chocolate in it. Yeah. Which is, I've heard of that before. Like, Mexican hot chocolate mm-hmm. is kind of a spicy hot chocolate. Like, I could see how that could work with the sweetness and the spice and stuff of the chili, but... It could also go very wrong if you did too much chocolate or too much sugar or something like that. Right. I suspect that maybe you could just continue to add more acidity and more spice to balance it out. I I think that there's probably... When Abby and I started trying to cook more Asian-inspired dishes, I, I figured out, like, that though I would often see in recipes, like, add sugar mm-hmm. to this. And I would think, well, I don't really like my savory things to be sweet, mm-hmm. so I'm going to take the sugar out of that. But then you would go to a restaurant and you would order a similar dish and it would taste so much better than the way that you make it at home. And you're like, yeah. what is it? And you have to realize, okay, so maybe at some point somebody glazed your ham a little bit too heavily <laughs> and you decided <laughs> that you didn't want uh, sugar, yeah. you know, but you do. You you really need to get a, a good balance. So there's not... yes. I do a lot less. I mean, star anise, that was something that I really did not. I yeah. did not like that licorice flavor mm-hmm. in a lot of things. But, man, making a, like a Vietnamese broth or something, yeah. having that star anise in there really does taste great. So I was similar where I would omit certain ingredients thinking, sugar also, thinking like, okay, I don't want like a sweet, you know, dipping sauce for my egg roll or whatever. Like, but those ingredients, sugar, those little spices, even cinnamon in some things, like I know I was joking about it, but sometimes that does make, that's what's, like, that's what makes it, you know? Like, when you go to a restaurant and you're like, why is this so much, why is there more depth to this dish? Why is this so much more well-rounded than what I make it at home? Because they're adding 
probably MSG for one, but also like those little ingredients that you think that you don't need, but if in moderation and, and when you get the right amount, like a little sugar and like a dumpling dipping sauce, like brown sugar mm -hmm. is actually in so many Asian dishes that you wouldn't think because you don't consider them to be really sweet, but right. just a little bit in there. It, it makes it so much more well-rounded and balanced, definitely. Yeah. Especially with the spice and then, like, you know, the green onion and scallions and stuff. And it, it just makes for a really... Oh, now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about it. I'm like, oh, Asian... Or um, dumpling right. dipping sauce with, like, chili oil or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, chili. So we bring it back to chili. Oh, yeah. So let's talk chili. <laughs> that definitely is... Um... You know, I, I think that the best chilies that I've had are not chilies that I've made. And maybe some mm -hmm. of that, like, deeper mole, like, yeah. chocolate flavor is, is the thing that I'm looking for in mm -hmm. the chili. So I want to try it, you know. Yeah. So when you eat chili, what kind of meat do you like in the chili? I, I generally like, you know, I think that some of the best chili that I've had had, like, little bits of, like, steak in it more like than hamburger oh. meat. And I really like that one. Mm -hmm. But when I make a chili, I, go, I try to do a mixture of a burger and sausage. That's kind of what I was thinking. Because I know a lot of people just do the ground beef. But um, I could see, like, some pork sausage in some there also. Some chuck and sausage. Some chuck and sausage. And boiled hot dogs. To, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, for, I'm the same. I would say... And same when you're making, like meatballs or something like that like any even in, in or lasagna like in an italian dish i like the combination of ground beef and sausage mm -hmm. it makes it I, I do think it adds some depth to the flavor definitely yeah yeah big on sausage yeah we eat a lot of sausage a lot of pork products <laughs> yeah <laughs> we honestly like we definitely do yeah between all the between the ramen we eat and this is not a vegetarian podcast no we are a triple meat double the <laughs> double the steak <laughs> like, yeah i'm sure that that will be a subject that we talk about too because cheese. it's not we are we're definitely not vegetarians but we definitely uh, it's something that we're conscious of trying to not be a part of the factory farming thing yeah. i mean it's hard to not be but I don't know. We don't buy our meat from Walmart. That's got to count for some. <laughs> right. And you know, when they're, when it's in season, when there are local farmers markets and that kind of stuff, we do try to support the, uh, you know, the farms there that are selling meat. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of what did I get at the last farmer's market for us? Actually, I've gotten some really good bacon. One time we got pork jowl from the local farmer's market and we made Chile. We made some good, like a pasta dish with that. Um, and they actually have a really nice selection of meat usually when they do go to the farmer's market. When st and it's nice in the summer too when the vegetables are in season also. But we, we also have a garden that we tried to grow a lot of stuff this year too. And right. did pretty well overall, I'd say. Yeah. I think that that's good podcast subject fodder though because I had something that I like juggle in my brain all the time. I'm like, man, I love meat and I cannot take meat out of my diet. But... Yeah. You know, thinking of different ways. Every time you hear about Burger King having a new, uh, you know, a fake meat thing, I'm like, man, if it's good, then that would be awesome. Yeah. Which, you know what? I never did. But it's Burger King. Because yeah. we never went to Burger King. I never did yeah. try that impossible. I don't know if they still have it. If they do, they then that might. would be a great indicator that this is a viable thing. Yeah. You know? it's tough. No, I hear people all the time. I'm friends with many people that are vegetarian. Actually, one of my friends right now is just pregnant and just can't really stomach meat so she's been eating a lot more vegetarian stuff and then I have other friends that have tried the impossible burger type of thing impossible meat and say you can't tell the difference but we as as like you know tried and true meat eaters I feel like we would be able to tell the difference I don't know we'd have to right. try it you know I've had tofu that I liked, you know? I have not. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, you might have had tofu that you didn't realize that that protein yeah. you were eating is tofu, hopefully. I think, I don't know. I don't know. You yeah. Know? It's... Note to self, cue the vegetarian Christmas song that we heard yesterday on <sighs> iTunes. <laughs> to me.
<laughs> what was that? Oh my, he's talking about like boiled vegetables, or steamed vegetables or something. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. Roasted vegetables. Roasted vegetables. Listen, I love roasted vegetables. That was a funny song. With we'll throw it in chicken here. or. You'll be hearing mm-hmm. it now. That's, <laughs> and cue it up. Um, so that is one of the things on our list here. I think I want to eventually, I know we're not doing visual for this one, but if we do this, this idea of mine, we'll have to make things more visual, but we can have a big spinning wheel of topics. <laughs> yes. I will just spin the wheel and wherever <laughs> the topic wheel lands on is what we have to talk about. It'll just but. be a wheel of different meats that we yeah. have to talk about as <laughs> we could, honestly. Talk about prosciutto. That's- Listen, don't threaten me with a good time. So right now I've just got a notebook and we have eating, check, 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 check. take take eating off the list. We talked about that one. Um, How about, let's talk about the news story. One of the only slightly pre-prepared, loose terms there, pre-prepared, like five minutes before I pressed record, (laughs) we looked up, uh, I looked up on Twitter what is the number one trending topic on Twitter? And it is Thursday, December... What is the date? Today is the... Th- December 3rd. Yep, it's December 3rd. And uh, around 1 o'clock, the n- number one trending thing in the world of Twitter was ghosts. So I, I thought that that was a really good, good, good thing to... Uh, yep use as a topic but we clicked on why ghosts are trending and it's so much deeper (laughs) just like everything in the world these days it ties into politics yep so ghost politics and here's abby the news girl with more on that so (laughs) yeah we looked at this about five minutes before this started because really this story i mean you really don't need so that's okay this story is Trump fraud witness also believe ghosts are haunting his family. Coming from the Daily Beast. It says right under it then in red, he sees dead people. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you, Daily Beast, for writing this up. This is um, This article made me laugh. So basically, it's about this truck driver named Jesse Morgan who um, believes... This guy has a, a rich history with ghosts, but he believes that um, he was delivering male and he saw in his mind's eye of what he believed it was like in real life thousands of ballots with um return addresses filled out um he says thousands of them so thousands. he's a whistleblower yes. he's a he's a trump moron whistleblower in pennsylvania yes. for uh, uh claiming falsely that he witnessed election fraud yes and as it turns out those ballots that he claimed to see, thousands and thousands of ballots, that uh, they never existed. Um, and what's interesting about this guy is just like he saw those ballots, he also, in his personal life, claims to have seen a shadow person. Um, he lived at one house where he claimed he saw a shadow person uh, walking around in his attic. Um, let me see if I can find it here. So... So is this guy a, a, a is Oh, shadow person. Yeah. So he's a UPS driver, right? Or USPS or UPS? I, I guess we don't want to driver. I don't Yeah, I think that it was at one point he's he's delivering mail. He was delivering the ballots. So he <laughs> But what? Like is he just a truck driver and then he like or is he actually a mail? I don't know. Like was he I don't know. Was he actually like delivering mail or what is he okay, okay. The article it says that okay. he's uh, that he works for the USPS or okay. UPS. He claimed at a press conference that he had unwittingly driven a truck full of suspicious mail in ballots from New York to Pennsylvania ahead of election day. Um So he's a ballot smuggler. Yeah. Which none of that stuff, other than the part which is very interesting that none of it was true, and he has now had to admit that he did not actually witness that, he just thought that he did, and he was incorrect. But the more interesting part of this is his other career as a paranormal investigator. (laughs) He loses points for being a Trump moron, but he gains points (laughs) for being a paranormal investigator. I wouldn't have hung out with him. But if we were hunting ghosts together, as long as we didn't talk about politics, I probably would be down to hunt some shadow people with this guy. 
I mean, I don't know. If he converts the van, if he converts his his delivery truck into, like, you know... The ghost mobile. Yeah, yeah. something with a ghost detector. Yeah. What well, are those things called? The, the spirit radio, box. The spirit box. Yeah. It sounds like that's kind of what he did do. So, his first success came with a 2016 video about a shadow person living in his basement from where he claimed to hear strange noises. Morgan claims, I will not raise my daughters in a place that is haunted. I'm on board so, with that. And it, apparently he caught the shadow person on camera. Well, then he moved and claimed that a new shadow person was haunting his new house. Not the same one as the last one. The whole new shadow person. Did the second one look a little bit different? or? Well, according to this this article... The shadow person in the video looks suspiciously similar to a normal human wearing a black morph suit. So, peeking at him from the stairs. And I think that a so, morph suit is like one of those... Like a... Like there's the green screen yeah. ones, or what yeah. was the thing from Always Sunny? Wasn't that one of the... Yeah. Dayman, the, the, Nightman, they were... Weren't yeah. they just wearing morph suits? It was suits? like a tight, <laughs> like a cat suit looking tight, like skin suit. Um, Under armor for your whole body. So, this guy has... Which is what a ghost would probably look like, too, so... Right, yeah. It's... That sounds like a shadow person, but was it, like, actually, like, his brother or somebody in costume, like, slinking around trying to be a shadow person? Was it actually Nightman? Was <laughs> This guy's from Pennsylvania. You tell us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then he said... So he moved. I haven't seen the shadow guy since then. Morgan and his three brothers, who also... His brothers... I guess this is a family thing. His, they also have the gift. His brothers also claim to have been haunted. Um, and they eventually went on to make a low-budget documentary. So, tying this back into politics, clearly this guy has, like, no credentials in terms of... I don't know why he would try to tie this to the election and claim that he saw imaginary ballots. But well, it kind of fits in with this... It kind of just fits in with this election, honestly. Just how just people are batshit crazy about. I don't certain like things. how they claim that his documentary was low budget. I mean, <laughs> people make great documentaries it's without called, any money at all. Like I don't, I don't for those hold interested that against him. It it's called the, the Shadows Amongst Us. Um, it's about a fam uh, family haunted by paranormal events despite living in different parts of the country. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess his whole family experiences the same issues. I bet you that the the first title for that was The Brotherhood of the Traveling Morph Suit. Because <laughs> they would just put... One person would film themselves in one state with that morph suit on, pop it in the mail, send it to their cousin. <laughs> I mean, if it's... Probably the same ghost if it's the same morph suit. Right? Most likely. Maybe people. the ghost is following the morph suit. I don't know. <laughs> um, but according to Morgan, if you want to get a little bit deeper into his experience with ghosts, um, or the, I should say the shadow person, he claims it lives off of your emotion. It lives off of stress. It lives off of dysfunction. Um, so don't be scared. Don't be afraid. As crazy and stupid as it sounds... <sighs> walk around your house and say in the name of jesus christ i command you to leave it's helped me a thousand times to tell you the truth so. you read that part of the article out loud before we started the show and now you said it now and every time you say it i feel a little bit safer and well now i feel more prepared for when we need to i feel like now we can prevent this from happening because we have the tools mm -hmm. to we have our toolbox filled of things we can say and do to prevent the shadow people from haunting us. Hopefully the fact that our house always smells like garlic. <laughs> Kimchi. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, no, yes. <laughs> well, that's more for vampires, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. I think the Frog Brothers used it for all sorts of things. <laughs> well, I guess this guy's documentary got horrible scores on Amazon. But it was on Amazon? Oh my god. 2.1 out of 5 stars. And they put the term documentary in quotes, so that's how you know it's <laughs> legit. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we listened to another podcast that we love is How Did This Get Made? Mm -hmm. Which is, pro I think that's gotta be one of the most popular podcasts in the world. Yeah. It's, it's been going favorite. for so long. It's my favorite. So yeah, it's one of th something that seems like almost everybody knows about if you've ever listened to a podcast. But they did... 
uh, Governor Gabby, mm -hmm. which was a movie that we watched parts of. And that was, I'm thinking that we Couldn't need to make a low-budget documentary or feature film. <laughs> Honestly. Because they're selling that on Amazon. You can't watch it for free. You Sometimes... have to actually pay to rent. The, I mean, this documentary, which I shouldn't, I haven't seen it. It could be great. How Did This Get Made needs to, needs to watch it. Because I... We should watch it, honestly. I can do a review of this whole documentary. It got horrible reviews. It, somebody says it's like listening to your most boring coworker drone on and on. So, well, second opinion. <laughs> I'm still curious, <laughs> honestly. I want to learn more about the shadow people, and um, this guy's crazy. I think that it's a good thing that our fledgling podcast does not have any listeners because I don't actually want to give this guy any more... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> any more For his momentum. Own, yeah, his own mental health <laughs> more than anything else. Just try to... This guy needs to spend some time really looking at himself in the mirror. Well, the article... This article kind of goes on to say this guy struggled with mental health issues and addiction and uh, he spent some time in jail, so... I don't know. Should we take his word? Did he really see those ballots? <laughs> Just, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well. Only the electoral college can decide, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to look at the tally chart. There's mm -hmm. things that I like about this guy, and there's things that I find questionable about him. We do know. really, Brad and I are very interested in, you know, ghoul, the ghoul boys, like those ghost sh hunting shows. I do find that haunted houses and stuff we find to be really interesting, but. Yeah, shout out to. Ryan Bagara and Shane Medea. Love them. They're awesome. Yeah. Love their shows. I love we love when they go to the the haunted places and like spend the night there and And I think that they're very brave too because I mean maybe if we had a film crew with us we would be emboldened to go do something like that but I mean I love listening to true stories about ghosts and I like watching scary movies but I will not be going into even the fakest haunted house can't do it. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to try to get myself to, though. It's what I think I could do it, but spending the night there when it's just absolute. Well, so I guess oh, I'm spending the night is real. I'm used to going to bed listening to a podcast like in my ear, so I don't. We're never. It's never like dead silent. That's in this how house. I'm <laughs> trying to drown out the whispers of the ghosts the whispers. in our house already. Is I'm always just listening to a podcast, so I can blame whatever little bunch right. of the night on that. Oh yeah, the sound must have glitched. Well, like, whatever, but. Um, but yeah, spending the night in a in a haunted house it would be a whole nother story for me. Actually, that movie we watched it about Bigfoot, where they spent where they go camping and spend the night in the woods where there's an alleged Bigfoot around. Yeah, that was Bobcat Goldthwaite's uh, Willow Creek, yeah. which is an excellent found footage uh, horror movie yeah. about Bigfoot. I love that movie. I won't give too much away, but there's a scene towards the end where they're camping and the, the the beginning of the movie is kind of lighthearted and silly and you kind of like get to know these people a little bit but there's something about like the dead silence of night where you can hear every little crack and step and noise it's just I don't know that's what uh that's what scares me the most about thinking about staying the night somewhere is like you you have no choice but to just you're surrounded by silence and then you yeah. can hear everything so vividly no, and I've been, we've talked about how we want to do that. We want to go camping in an off-the-beaten-trail kind of place yeah. and have, like, a real, like, kind of solitude camping experience where you're not at a campground and where you have neighbors and, mm -hmm. you know, facilities right next to you. But, but even just watching that movie, I kind of was like, eh, you have to be a little bit careful. Well, we're not in Bigfoot country, so we don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, we're pretty close to the Ohio grass. Man. Okay. Well, there's that, I guess. <laughs> but now we also have a dog, so I feel like, and he he picks up on every little noise too. Like, I swear he can hear animals outside even when he's sleeping in our room at night, and he'll bark or you know growl or sniff around. So we haven't taken him camping yet, but I think he would be a good alert dog for us if there were something out right. there you know well and as far as paranormal things go that is bigfoot is one of the only uh, cryptids that actually is known to attack dogs so we do have to worry about that which i'm sure whoever's listening to this already knew that fact that's that's basic knowledge yeah, yeah. skunk apes do not really <laughs> like the domestic dog 
Very common knowledge. <laughs> the common dog. Okay, well... Are, you, are we done with this news article? I'm done. I have to mentally separate myself from this. Just We'll because. reach out to this guy's representation. We'll see if he would like to make any follow-up comments with us because we did, you know, I feel like giving him the opportunity to defend himself, you know, after we've already kind of dragged him a little bit on, on the air. I think he's going to double down and s stick with what his story. He seems like he... Um, is not one to admit when he is wrong, except, I mean, he did go to jail for like forgery, so like legally he was proven that he faked some stuff, but it seems like he won't do that on his own volition. So uh, we right. might just have to leave this one be. And... Yeah. Well, I'm thinking here, we don't have too much prepared for the show, but I think that we've done a good job. I think we've hit on some interesting things. That, I don't know if that, that subject right there, would that have been, that's serious news talk. That's, that's not pop culture talk, right? No, that's definitely breaking, like, headline. Was this on CNN? <laughs> it's on the Daily Beast, which so, is just as good. So, so, so yes, let's just say yes. <laughs> yes, thank you to the Daily Beast for this this wonderful article and uh, this trending topic on Twitter today. Oh, I didn't realize Trump actually shared this on Twitter. Yes. Okay, right. so quickly. So that makes it serious before news. we move on, so yeah, just talking about credentials, credibility. Um, Donald J. Trump did share this guy's story. Oh my god. <laughs> it, it's Trump, the Daily Beast, and the Backstream Podcast. The three... <laughs> the three amigos. The three amigos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Well, I... I hate that Trump shared that and gave that guy any more following, or whatever Trump's following is. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> the other big thing that was going on today in pop culture, which Trump also very very well may have uh, tweeted about or responded to in some way, was Chet Hanks uh, defending his use of Jamaican Patois uh, lingo. So... Which I did not do my research on this because I didn't feel like I, it was important enough for me to actually listen to right. Chet Hanks, who if you do not know, tell Chet me. Hanks... Sorry, Tom. You're going to have to tell the world here. <laughs> Tom Hanks has a son named Chet who is a rapper. No, not Colin, the actor. We love Colin Hanks. Colin seems like Colin's a, cool. a very level-headed dude. Uh, but yes, there is, uh, I don't know if he's the younger or older. I think he must be the youngest brother, but he is, a, he is a rapper. I don't know what kind of, he's a SoundCloud Jamaican, rapper. Jamaican, maybe? <laughs> or or Jamaican, a Jamaican, uh, I don't know. So, do you know, you don't know much about the story. I know we didn't look too much into it, but, um. I feel like I got the most important parts of it. Other than he was on, he was on a talk show. Okay. Within the past 24 hours. And I do not remember the name of that talk show or if it was a TV or radio, what the format was. But it was on a talk show. He started just speaking with a Jamaican accent. Or maybe somebody called and asked about his use of the... Or maybe one of the hosts asked about it. I did not know. I thought that it was a controversial thing, only that Tom Hanks had a son that was a rapper. I didn't know that there were actual people paying attention close enough to his rapping to have controversies yeah. specific I feel to like, his lyrics, but... Yeah, yeah. I wonder... We should look into more of his lyrics. Maybe yeah, we'll end like... the show with a Chet Hanks song. <laughs> Jamaican... Cue it up. <laughs> Oh, no. Um, yeah, we love... So, I love Tom Hanks as an actor. I think mm -hmm. he's great. We love uh, Colin Hanks. We just watched season one of Fargo, and he was in that and did a great... Or, no, he was in... He was season one, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he was great in that. that P.S. Watch Fargo. It's a great show. Um, mm -hmm. He's a great... Colin Hanks is a great actor, too. He's been in, also, um, Orange County. Yeah, yeah. Funny movie. Um, yeah, some other movies. So he has, I mean, he's a very successful actor also. I feel like the world doesn't know much about Chet Hanks. And maybe it's for a good reason. <laughs> um, I think that there's a cover-up. I think that there's actually a conspiracy to keep the world mostly ignorant of Chet Hanks. <laughs> 
Or maybe people are listening to this and they're like, uh, I've got Chet Hanks as my ringtone. Chet Hanks. So... Chet, Chet Hanks. <laughs> oh, Chet Hanks. My, what is it? The callback when you call somebody, the, what is it called? And it like, the yeah, song, the like, ring, ring back, ring back tone. Ring back tone. Yeah. It's, it's Chet I'm Hanks rapping with a Jamaican accent. <laughs> yeah, maybe the, the world knows about it and Abby and I are just kind of oblivious to this, but Maybe I, it's time we learn. <laughs> you know, I mean, there is... I think that we are in the category of people that we 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 probably do not experience cultural appropriation in the same way that like in this instance that Jamaicans might feel about Chet Hanks using a fake Jamaican accent. So like to give our I mean I I certainly I would say that I feel like it feels very benign because that is a that's an accent that so many people yeah. fake and do, you yeah. know. That the idea to I'm I'm more offended that people are paying enough attention to chat hands. Right. That's the <laughs> no, it is and you know what, we do have to look into more of what he actually said and like what context, but if he was just if that's just was the way he was speaking, thinking like, oh, it's okay for me to just like take on this accent now, that's kind of messed up. Uh, clearly he's not Jamaican. He doesn't need to like be appropriating that and acting like that's the way he speaks. If it was like as a joke, I mean, that's probably not cool either, but. I've heard Andy Milanakis do it a lot of times. Well, that's, that's fine. No, I'm just right. kidding. <laughs> Rightfully so. And no. I don't remember <laughs> if he was criticized for that or not, but um, yeah, I mean, it's just. It is definitely one of those things where it's like, it's probably, uh, it, to me, it just is more controversial that Tom Hanks has a son who's a rapper. <laughs> Hasn't he been in the news for other stuff, too? I feel like he's had some other, like, minor well, scandals, maybe. recently, within the last year, when Tom Hanks was so publicly, like, the first celebrity to announce that he tested positive for having the coronavirus, I think that... Tom was doing regular video like updates on how he was doing with the with the uh, illness and mm -hmm. trying to kind of explain it to the world and then I think that Chet was also doing his own videos <laughs> about I don't know if Chet had had covid or if he was just like giving this is his hot take on his dad's covid diagnosis right yeah <laughs> I think that that's kind of what it was Hashtag like, trying to stay relevant try to stay in the spotlight yeah yeah um and we're probably jerks for picking on him, but you know what? For the next podcast, we're going to do more research about exactly what, it's gonna what be was all, going on with this accent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> with this accent, and we will, well, we should have enough time after we have uh, Jesse Morgan, truck driver from Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. uh, on, and we'll save yeah. a little bit of time at the end, and we'll have Chet come on and explain Give himself. His his take on this situation yeah that's probably the wisest thing to do well maybe we should actually try to find somebody who's jamaican also. yeah that's maybe they true. can have them have a debate <sighs> and it would be less work for us on the next episode i don't think i know any people firsthand that are that live in corning that are actually one of the teachers at one of the places i do story times at is jamaican <laughs> But well, so she came up to me in the grocery store the other day and she was like, I'm not going to do the accent, but she, <laughs> I, I caught myself. She no, almost did it. no, no. But she was like, Oh, we miss you. Like, you know, and she was really sweet and she had, she had a very strong Jamaican accent. She's awesome. Um, you have to at least reach out to her and ask her. What's her take on Chet Hanks? Like, just say, listen, what do you think about Chet Hanks? What is the Jamaican community in Corning specifically? What are they? No. <laughs> no, and honestly, like, we do have to do more research because if he said some really offensive stuff or whatever, we're not trying to joke about that, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I tend to. I do wake up in the morning and I look at my Twitter feed and I check out the tr top trending things and I ignore yeah. the K-pop related ones and I Why? see what's important oh. and well, because I'm not I know. <laughs> interested in music news. I'm interested in world news. But, your favorite but it's news? always something very aggravating. Gabby and... does K-pop or whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right, so look for those Gabby movies on YouTube. Governor there's, Gabby. There's plenty of the Gabby series movies that are, I think that they're free to watch on YouTube. <laughs> and uh, that's that'll be a good Friday night for you. Mm -hmm. Speaking of 
Fargo. And let's just talk about that briefly. That's just a show we're watching. We're on season three. Um, I, for those that have watched Fargo, so far, so we're on season three. I think actually season one with Colin Hanks, what is my favorite season so far? Yeah. I really enjoy it. I think they do a really good job doing the Minnesota accent and bringing you into that really, really small town feel and like what happens when there's like a local small town murder. I really like that show. <laughs> Season three has taken a whole, I won't, again, I won't give anything away, but it's taken a really weird turn just from seasons one and two, I guess. Um, but that's the show we're watching right now and I really like it. Yeah, I really like it too. It's a, it's interesting. I've been like trying to think about there's something there is some sort of a formula that you can see that is kind of parallel with in different Cohen brothers things that the Cohen brothers work on even if it's um you know oh brother where art thou mm -hmm. or if it's the movie Fargo there are some similarities in just everything that they do and you could, if you really picked up on that too much, I think that you could start getting a little bit bored with Cohen Brother things because you would recognize that formula. And not that I've heard too many people ever say that they do get bored with it, um, but I, I really feel like, I guess I was trying to just figure out, like, why is it that I am endlessly interested in things that the Cohen Brothers make? And I, though I do recognize some sort of a pattern there. And I kind of feel like, though there is stylistically things that they do in all of their art, I think that there is also something about the way that they are taking a true story, especially in the cases of these Fargo uh, TV show and the movie, based on real events. And then it's almost like, they see parallels like the dark looking at things from a dark comedy kind of a lens mm -hmm. and that just reading a news article about a botched uh you know family member stole from another family member and they're trying to keep it a secret you know they're uh the simple plan idea you know everything went wrong and it was all just such a simple plan mm -hmm. I think that they themselves are recognizing some similar parallels in those true events mm -hmm. that happen that you could relate it to another thing. Well, and these are these are all based on true events. And just to think that seasons one, two, and three are all tied back to the place, Fargo, is really interesting in mm -hmm. itself that all of these wildly different but, like, dark mysteries and crimes are tied back to Fargo somehow it's like and it all, it's all true it's crazy mm -hmm. but um they do such a good job especially like season one the casting I thought was awesome the the woman that played Molly and I forget the actress's actual name but yeah, she sure. was so much fun to watch um and just the little their little phrases like oofka like their little Minnesota phrases it's just they I think they just did a really good job with it but season three there's been Season three seems darker to me than seasons one and two, just in terms mm -hmm. of, like, there's some scenes that are really hard to watch. Yeah, From there's a gross... A, yeah, there's an extra grossness level to it this time that um, the, the kind of big bad guy in the first season, I think that they did try yeah. hard to... He had charm... But then also you're, they're showing you like his true darkness or mm -hmm. whatever. And I think that they maybe wanted you to think that he was more like a, like an analog for the devil or something like mm -hmm. that. And then now the, the big bad in the third season, I am actually getting this feeling that he is... Yeah. I don't know. I've it would be interesting to... to do a spoiler cast version of it because even like there is kind of a... There's like some symbolism in the first season that the big bad guy is a wolf. Yeah. And now in the third yes. season, the big bad guy, really, I think the symbolism is that he is a demon. Yeah. Like, he truly is. Well, they did have a whole, the whole Peter and the Wolf intro, or, yeah, Peter and the Wolf intro. Right. So I think wolves are kind of a recurring theme in this show in each season, maybe. Yeah. It's just um, beautiful how it can be so layered and so complex and so many vibrant characters and... 
and the town as a character and yeah. just everything everything does end up coming together like so many TV shows fail to actually do. No, you get kind of a good sense of closure with certain things and it and it does like so many things are all over the place and you're like how well, how does this relate to this and then in the end you're like oh that's how those people are related and mm -hmm. they yeah they do a really good job connecting the dots over the course of each season but each season is so different and yeah. yet has their similarities it's just done really well like they, it definitely keeps you watching mm -hmm. and even how gross season three is with this there's just one character who's just we've had to turn our heads away and like like refrain from gagging at certain scenes but you still but we, i'm still like i gotta see what happens next <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched Fargo at all yet, then congratulations because you have, I think, almost four complete seasons now mm -hmm. that you could watch. Soon it will be four complete seasons. And um, if you have watched any of it, feel free to write to us and give us some feedback about what some of your thoughts were. That, yeah. That's an interesting debate that I've seen on Reddit is what, how would you rank the, the four seasons of Fargo now? Mm-hmm. It's hard to rank them. There's not, there's not anyone in there. Cause I mean, we all... haven't seen any of the fourth season yet, but there's nothing, nothing in the first, second, or third that's like, none of them are stinkers. Well, I didn't realize before we started watching it that there are some really big actors and actresses that play these roles. I didn't right. really know much about the show before we started watching, but like Billy Bob Thornton's in it. Um, the guy that played Lester in the first season. Um, oh yeah, I can't. I can never remember his right. name, but. Famous from Lord of the Rings movies yeah. and all sorts of different uh, British comedies and stuff. Ewan McGregor is in season three and has yeah. a, just a couple crazy characters in that and yeah, some big names. But it's but it's cool that it's each season is different actors and actresses. Mm -hmm. it, it's really interesting because you get to kind of know a whole new cast each season and all new stories. That's so funny to me too because when we were younger that was like you didn't see... It would have been huge news. It would have been great, like, publicity for whatever the TV project was if you could have been like, oh, we've got this mm -hmm. film actor who is actually going to be in it. Yeah. And now we're to the point where, like, I mean, Chris Rock is in the fourth season. I believe he's one of the main characters in the fourth season of Fargo, and mm -hmm. I don't think that that's something that people... It doesn't have, like, a ton of buzz around it right. at all. It's, it's just... I'm excited. We're not that surprised that you've got all these big-name movie right. actors, because TV's a lot higher quality now. Well, and, like, there are some people that are typically, like, in comedic roles, or stand-up comedians playing some of these roles, and it's just interesting to see how, like, their serious take... Um, the guy in the last season we watched, Boheme... Um, oh, yeah, that's a tough... That's a tough name. He was the best character, though. Yeah, he was excellent. He was great. Yeah, so... I, and I think I read he's he's normally like a stand-up comedian right um oh, such a good character though mm -hmm. captivating interesting so so cool there's yeah. very very few things that and i don't even quite understand what the level of involvement is that the cohen brothers have in the show because they're not the director i feel bad that i can't remember the actual director's name but and that's another fascinating thing about it i mean you would not think that any anytime you see okay scorsese is tangentially involved in uh, Boardwalk Empire. You know, Boardwalk Empire, it was a fine show, but definitely not, you know, the hand of Scorsese on every episode. Mm -hmm. But there is this just, I don't know if maybe it's just like that it's so potent, mm -hmm. the overall style of the Coen brothers, that they just need to kind of give little nudges to keep it in line or how exactly that works but even the soundtrack a lot of it there was even some songs that were like from oh brother yeah where art thou yeah. and but i should also say from seasons one through three the soundtrack is like all over the place and they do such a good job choosing like totally random i guess they're not random they make mm -hmm. sense with the scene but totally songs you wouldn't expect with um just different genres, different artists, like, but somehow it all flows in each episode and kind of works with, like, whatever's going on in that mm -hmm. episode. Um, but it ranges from, like, country music to, what was the, um, the guy that, the, Hank Williams, I think it was, last night. Yeah. And then, and then. The, Songs from Italian variety shows. Right, from the yes. 70s, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but somehow <laughs> it works. It's just, it kind of just adds to 
whatever's yeah. going on on screen. It's it's super cool. We recommend it. Yeah, the whole thing comes together in a great package. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it would be really fun to get to get enough people listening to our podcast here that you could actually have more more of a back and forth conversation with what other people thought about it. Mm -hmm. That's what I would love to do is just to be able to discuss things more. I mean, yeah, and it's hard because the I Cohen mean, brothers are probably a little bit busy to get them on a podcast, <laughs> but I mean, I'll, give, just I'll, give them, I'll give them a call. I'll give them a call. And we'd be happy with just one Cohen brother. Just, just Cohen brother. Yeah, yeah, we could probably Ethan. <laughs> is that it? Is that one of their names? I'm going to go out on a limb and say there's an Ethan, Ethan. Cohen. There's one of them. Sure. Yeah. Give Ethan a call. We'll give him a text. Just a text. Ethan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's it's hard talking about shows because I don't want to give any spoilers because I really want people to watch Fargo. It's so good. Yeah. But maybe if we do a future episode where we give a big spoiler alert at the beginning, a big warning, and then we can talk freely about the things that happen without ruining anybody's life. Definitely. So, for this right now, as far as we know, I don't have some amazing sounding outro for us to play, but maybe in the future when people are actually listening to this, you will be hearing where to find our websites and our Instagram and our all of that stuff. MySpace. Yes, our MySpace profiles. <laughs> I think that we're going to try to have another podcast for next week. That's the goal. Try to do one, try to do one a week. For anyone listening, feel free to, if you have any ideas of what you'd like us to talk about or anything uh, you're interested in, let us know. Reach out to us. Brad will put all the contact info, I'm sure, mm -hmm. in intro, outro, whatever. But let us know. Um, we'd love to hear from you guys. Yep. Order cupcakes from Abby. Order... And order some paintings and some Christmas gifts for your family from Brad. Order a nice, big... And have a holly painting. jolly Christmas. <laughs> and a happy new year. <laughs>